the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to this very special edition of the uh, Six Point Podcast. I'm pleased to be here in Espia, joined by my brother Matthew Tyrrell. How are you? Hello, good afternoon. Very well, thanks. And good. yourself? Good. Yeah, not, not, not too bad, thank you. I think you. you're very well, actually. I am very well, mate. I am very well, yeah. We've had a, we've had a lovely lunch here in Espia, sitting outside in, in Sands Restaurant. We've had a few beers and um, enjoying the coffee now. So uh, it's a perfect time to do a podcast, isn't it? But you should also explain why you're, you're very, very well. Mm. So we've just had a visit from uh, Kenny Paulson, who's the um, communications officer at SBA Football Club, um, and he's uh, just presented me with a signed Marcus, personalised signed Marcus Housey uh, shirt. So I'm, I'm obviously delighted, um, and thank you to Kenny and Esberg and Marcus as well for for providing me with that. That's really has made my day. Um, you know, Marcus is someone that I met on uh, my second visit to uh, to an SBA game, the the, the Viola game that uh, meant that Esberg uh, qualified for the Champions Round of the um, Super League last season. So um, he spent a lot of time, um, spent a lot of his time talking to me about Roy Hodgson and football in general, and uh, a fairly nice bloke. And um, yeah, it was, very, it was a very nice gesture. And, and Kenny obviously as well came and just sat with us for about sort of half an hour as well, talked to us about. Um, the preparations for tonight's game, um, which is Esper versus, I'm going to get this right, a Belarus team called Shakhtar Soligorsk. Belarus. Pronounced that right. Oh, probably not. Probably not, mate. Most of you. Um, but that's why we're here, isn't it? So we're we're here yep. to obviously yep. to cover that game. So uh, this is the second leg of the UEFA. Uh, Europa League second qualifying round um, of the, obviously SBO finished uh, third in the Danish Super League last season so they've qualified for the second qualifying round um, last Thursday they played away in Belarus unfortunately lost 2-0 and, and tonight is an opportunity to put things right um, doesn't matter the sun's out it's a good good omen it is yeah, the sun is out we've got the bikes we've had a few beers we've had some lovely fish it's um, it's going to be a good day mate isn't it I think, fingers crossed yeah we, we were just saying in our chat with Kenny about fingers crossed for an early early goal that gives Esberg a chance to push on and um, and win the game in normal time. Yeah. Uh, we also said you know well, it might it might be the case that you know they get a goal late on. Uh, this is if it's still nil nil of course. Obviously an away goal makes all the difference. Yes. For, uh, Shakhtar. Just say yeah, Shakhtar. Yeah. Shakhtar. Yeah. But um, we've also noticed that the restaurant we're in sitting outside here. Um, it's got five, five of their fans, I think. So it's pretty much the whole way. Can you put ten? So, <laughs> <laughs> but they're on the beers, so they're obviously planning to make a few a bit of noise themselves um, this afternoon. But I think the fingers crossed tonight's a good game. Fingers crossed. I'm sure just, uh, um, you know, the, they're them seeing it out um, and they're to get an early goal and, and make something of it, and that, that we leave here tomorrow hungover uh, but in a, in a positive mood well, I, I think I think to be honest with you the form was going to ha- happen no matter what we'll probably be hungover no matter what but um, <laughs> but because uh, there's, there's a few apparently according to Kenny there's going to be a hundred sort of SBA fans in, in the home run uh, pub which we're about to go to after we finish the pod or you know maybe during the pod who knows you know we might have a little break and then we'll continue it there um, 
might get a few people on the pod. Uh, we're hoping maybe to do a half-time pod and maybe then we'll do a bit of reaction as well. But there's plenty to talk about. Just um, an early warning, it could be concerned into carnage. <laughs> we go to this pub and it, people it, want to join that, us. That, that could turn into carnage. And also, and also could turn into carnage if Matthew has a few more beers as well because yeah. he's, he's already feeling a little bit a little bit fragile. But and that and I've got a woman's bike to ride this afternoon. You did get a girl's bike, yeah. Um, but just let me put a bit of context on tonight's game. So obviously Esper um, lost 2-0 last Thursday in the away leg, the first leg. Uh, obviously it's only half time um, Matthew and I we, we, we both know from um, Palace playing in, in two legged games things like uh, playoffs and things like that but obviously uh, it's only half time and a lot can happen in the second leg um, I think SBO will be hoping for an upturn in fortunes given their, their start to the the, uh, the Danish Super League season uh, were three games in the first game FC Midland they conceded a, uh, a late um late winner for, for Midland in the I think it was the 87th minute um, and then uh, I think the home game was against Holborough they're winning 1-0 and then I think it was a 92nd minute equaliser they conceded and then last uh, Sunday uh, at the time of recording um, FC Norsen the way um, and lost 2-0 so it's not been a great start I, I think that's fair to say but um, John Nammers was was very pragmatic in saying we need some more milk for the coffee then mate. Okay. Uh, was, was, was pragmatic in saying that you know that last season almost the, the team didn't over, overachieve but you know uh, did, did very well and I think this season it was all about sort of being realistic around sort of their expectations and it would be nice if they can have a run in the Europa League um, but the league is obviously very important with especially with the changes to the Super League of this year which meant that three um, I think it's three teams are going to be definitely relegated from the, from the Super League of this year so not to play for. A game like tonight, though, is a chance where a football team can turn around their fortunes. So a poor start, and like you say, it's only half time. If they can use that to motivation, mm. they can turn those first three games around. And you know, we know too well what was it, seven games last year? Seven games, uh, no goals, goals no yeah. points. Yeah. So you know, so there you go. Our, our Palace experience is proof that you know nothing is um, insurmountable. And, and, and yeah, you can use it as a motivator. And, and you know, we were saying, we were talking, weren't we? moment ago with Kenny about how you know the manager's given them the, the expert players a, a rocket they weren't happy with the performances they've had so far particularly the, the um, first leg um, uh, performance as well so mm. you know just just hope they can use it as a motivator and turn it around from here certainly yeah so I mean we've touched on this and obviously we're, we're cover excuse me a bit a bit later in the pod as well um, as well but obviously Matthew Given that you're here on the pod, you're not here on the pod that often, so it'd be a good opportunity to um, to touch on. Oh, here we go. We've got some. Oh, interesting. This is a drinking game, I think. Oh, okay, fair enough. Right. Um, I think it's a good opportunity to, to use the fact that you're here on the pod to talk about Palace, uh, since we're both Crystal Palace fans, um, and obviously Palace are well within their pre-season now. I think mm-hmm. got, we've got one or two games left in the pre-season, haven't we? Yep. Um, there's a lot of talk around, obviously, the transfer window, which is open and closes next Thursday um, on the 8th of August, I think it is. Um, Panis, as, as it stands, have made two signings. Jordan Ayew becoming permanent, I think, in a £2.5 million deal from Swansea, which, from my point of view, is, is a bargain. And also uh, the keeper, Henderson, coming in to replace, obviously, Juden Speroni as, a, as a, a third-choice goalkeeper. I don't, I don't expect we'll see much of him, but he's there as cover. Um, just to get your, your reaction on, on those those signings so far. I don't know anything about the goalkeeper. No. I cannot comment on the goalkeeper, fortunately. Fair enough. Uh, all I can say is I'd much rather have Speroni as the third choice. In fact, he wouldn't be my third choice. Either my second or third, I had a yeah, yeah. Um, but 
not my decision, is it? No. Um, and IU just makes sense for the money, really, for someone to come in and do a job we need. He's obviously not really the first choice. He's obviously aware of that and happy of that. Um, and, yeah, it's his chance to, when he does come in to, you know, just do a job for us, really. It's, we've had lots of these sort of backup strikers in previous years and the, the, the money that goes around in the Premier League these days for a player that even is a backup is sort of for a striker you're looking at what 15, 20 million well that's, that's the thing is that the money's crazy now. Yeah. It? for, for 2.5 million it, it's for a squad player I mean assuming he's going to be a squad player and play the role that he played last season yes. that's that's a great deal isn't it you hope he doesn't, doesn't have to do as much as he did last year because he played quite a bit last year mm. didn't he on loan and, and so yeah and if you've got anywhere near that you'd be you'd be really really happy so yeah I think for the money I don't know what he's on week uh, wage wise but you can imagine he's not going to be a top earner I'm sure he's not in pen He's, but he's not no. a top earner so, no. so yeah I think he just makes sense as a, if everyone is clear and I'm sure they are that he's the backup then, then, then all good um, should we have brought other, others in um, uh, yes I guess so so we lost uh, AWB and haven't really replaced him I don't think we need to replace him a first team player I think Joel Wall is more than capable of coming back in and he showed that at the end of last season didn't he with some, some really good performances to be fair yep so I'm happy with that um, I think we need some sort of cover for him so uh, what what is the the plan B for him? I guess it's um, is it Tyrone? Is it Mitchell? He's a left back though. He's a left back. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. isn't it a right back? Tyrone player? Mitchell is a, is a right back. I'm, I'm not really sure what cover we've got a right back. Right, so there you go. Academy. So the name one. Then. No, so I, 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 guess, right I, I guess I guess at a stretch you've got Martin Kelly, but I think we all prefer him at centre back now. But then I he think, wasn't left. Was he left back? Well? I think he played left back. He can play right back. Um, right. But I think his performances, especially at the back in the last season, are sort of almost cemented him. We were talking about this earlier as, as probably ahead of Scott Dan in my mind yeah, as, as a centre back now. So I think he's probably cover there. You've got Tomkins, who's obviously he, he's out. He's not really played much pre season. Sacco's just come back from injury. He's played a little bit of pre season. You'd imagine he'd start yeah, the first game of the season. But I think. Um, Personally, I'd, I'd see both full-back positions as, as, as places you want to cover. Because Suarez's um, gone as well as Suarez's gone overseas, so um, yeah, Tyrone Mitchell, I guess, is is he's, he's an unknown quantity, and he would be next in line after PVA. And personally, I think you need someone to be pushing PVA anyway. So I think right back, you probably need less of a first-team player. You need someone to come and do a job as cover. But I think left back, you probably need someone of a higher caliber to yeah. push PVA because Joe Ward will be steady week in week out. Yes. PVA is very hot and cold isn't he so you know someone to push him someone potentially to come in when he isn't on form to give him that rocket as well so I think those are two positions we need to need to deal with the, the striker one is IU the answer or not is Benteke going to come good is Wickham going to come back and be able to recover form from such a horrendous period of injuries uh, is Sir Lock finding going to be given a chance you know yeah. there's, there's, there's a lot of lot, lot, these these sort of things but, it, you know if they're, if they're focusing on, on when they can spend money it's probably not there because we just listed three four capable people who can come in and do a job who aren't earning pennies and, and are under contract for Palace for the next year at least First, so, yeah personally although you say that but I understand where you're coming from there but at the same time I think Look at what Batsuai did when he came in last season. He, I mean, he was proof that the team with a, yeah, a natural yeah. goal scorer really can make a difference. So I think it will be something that an area Palace will be looking into. And you've got to look at what they've got for AWB. 45 million up front. We could, could go up to 50 or 55, I think, with, with add-ons. So I think that's a lot of money for Palace to, to reinvest. But there's the talk about the stadium as well and the stands. So whether some of that money will be ring fence, you don't know. Personally, I'd like to see another forward come in. 
I think that unfortunately you, you will be saying goodbye to someone like Alexander Serdot who personally I don't, I don't think ever really had the chance yeah. um, and I think he's got some quality but hasn't really had the opportunity to show it um, he's a young player and I think that if he went to the championship he'd probably do, do quite well there and he just needs a bit of confidence but um, so is that, is that what you're saying though I guess is your view that we need to sign a championship sort of level striker to be a, uh, an option when Benteke or Wickham aren't form and I do or is it you think we need someone to challenge Benteke to because Benteke's got to be the first choice striker surely well my honest opinion is I think I think Palace will cash in Benteke because he's his last year of contract what you think this, this as in this this I think window, either, either now or week. January Okay. In, in the next week or January, Pat Palace will look to cash in on Betek. I really do because I think that I, I like him and I think he's a very good goal scorer. And he showed that in his first season, obviously getting 17 goals in his first season for Palace. But ever since then, you know, he's had problems with injuries and he looks devoid of any sort of confidence, doesn't he? Is it not too late though, to do that given that he's got tw- if he's got 12 I don't, I don't know. There's, there's rumours that sort of Besiktas and, and Galatasaray are sniffing okay. around him. Um, I think that Palace would, would rather sell him than lose him on a free next season given the amount of money which they've, they've, they've spent on him. Um, was it 30 million or 27 million, wasn't it, to bring him in? Um, Palace is a record signing. You know, it, it's to lose him, spend that sort of money and then four years, three years later lose him on a free transfer has got to be you know, very difficult. Not to mention the fact that he's on rumoured rumoured to be on one hundred and twenty thousand pounds a week. So, uh, I, I personally, I think that perhaps, whilst I don't want to see him go, it may be best for both parties that you know we, we part ways with him. He gets the opportunity to have a fresh start, and we we bring someone else in to to, to be our talisman and our, our lead figure to spearhead the attack. Whether that's giving Connor Wickham the chance to step up because. You know, I've always been a, a fan of Connor. I know you, you have too when he's had a run in the team, he scored yeah, goals, absolutely. but he's, he's never been able to keep himself fit, has he? No, and he's not really had a good run for, what, two years now because mm. of injuries? Is that how long it's been really properly? So, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see him play more. Um, I would, I would, if we do make a sign up front, I would, I would quite, I'd be quite keen to be someone who could not be the answer now, but would have a bit of time to come in and prove themselves so I think you're right so that hasn't been given a chance maybe there's an opportunity for him there if there's not is there someone like I think you're talking about a Brentford striker Ollie Watkins yeah. well he's more of a wide player but yeah yeah, he can play up front yeah. but that, that would be a good option if you had someone who could play wide as well because if there's a half I mean, I'll talk about a minute but if yeah. there's a half thing goes one way or the other you know even, even then it'll be good um, sort of competition places and a longer term sort of option there as well because he's going to go at some point um yeah, so I, 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 I personally think I would be happy if we signed a right back and a left back, um, and, and 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 nice to have for me would be a winger and a striker. Yeah, central midfield. I don't need anyone who got No, I, th- I think midfield there. were pretty sorted. I mean, to be honest with you, um, you know, you got Schlupp, you got McCarthy, you got Mayer, you got Townsend on the wing, you got Zahar potentially on the other wing. Uh, Luca obviously played DM as well. Um, you know, it's it's you've got a lot of options in there. I mean. There's rumours around Luke. Obviously, he's in his last year in his contract as well, so he needs to be extended. Uh, apparently, there's talks ongoing, according to Dominic Fifield. So that's that's always a good sign. But um, yeah, I mean, in, t- in terms of obviously potential transfer, we mentioned obviously that Ollie Watkins. And one of the one of the rumoured transfers there was that it would be a, a swap deal. Uh, I think it was like there was talk about a 10 million or 9 million deal for him with uh, with Alexander Serlot going the other way. And of course, there's a link between Serlot and and. Um, 
the Brentford owner, Matthew Bencham, who also owns FC Midland. So he's okay. obviously signed in for Midland, so maybe he, he, he sees something uh, and wants him at Brentford. Who knows? And there could be some legs to that room, or it could just be complete nonsense, as we've seen on Twitter over the last sort of month or so, people tweeting stuff and it being picked up by certain journalists, including Sky Sports, who take things as, as gospel, even though it's just literally some bloke in his bedroom typing something on Twitter, which is a, a little bit embarrassing for all parties, sorry, so. Yeah. Very much so. I guess let's, let's, let's say about that the better. But this, this talk about what has been the main transfer room in the summer, which has obviously been Wilfred Zahar. Every season, every summer, we have this speculation about him. Obviously, this season was slightly different in that you had Habad Zahar, his brother, come out and, and say some what I'd, I'd put as ill informed things in the press around you know him wanting to go to Arsenal and that Palace should let him play for his boyhood club and things like this, um, even though. Arsenal putting a, a pretty much derisory offer which is half of what Palace expected or, or would want for him um, of £80 million pounds, you know they offered I think 40 wasn't it um, I, I, what, what are your thoughts on this whole nonsense saga I, I, I guess I, personally I'm a little bit tired of it all and tired about talking about it but what, what if you could sum it up for me I, I, I'd quite like to know the truth behind all of it you know is there anything in the brother coming out and saying something was he misquoted I, I don't know I've not seen anything uh, you know I don't see anything concrete come from him I've, I've just seen sort of him passing on he said this so but if he said it then then fine so what's the truth there and then, then the other thing for me is actually what does the player want to do um, you know if the player does want to move on then then Palace should know that and then they can start to act and plan on it mm. if he does want to move on or he's made um, signs of of doing so I'm, I'm sure given the relationship that we hear he has with Steve Parrish I'm sure that that conversation would have been, would have been had mm. and that Palace will be planning and acting on it now so we just talked about transfer signings if Palace sign a winger or put a deal in place that gives an indication that maybe Wilf is on the way out the other thing is just uh, whether Arsenal are playing a game why, whereby they think that the player wants to go to them and therefore they can make a very extremely what, what is it, half of what Palace say his yeah. valuation is off yeah. um, people can say he's not worth X, Y, Z he's worth what a Palace, it's irrelevant isn't it it's a, it's, it's what it's Palace, wor- yeah. well, he's worth what Palace want for him because he's, he's Palace's player at the yeah. minute and then B what someone's willing to pay for him based mm. on that um, if Palace don't want to sell him then or if Palace set a, a number on him, he's worth that number. Yeah. If someone then doesn't want to pay it, that's irrelevant. Yeah. So because he's got four years left in his deal, Palace are in a very strong position absolutely. in this. You've got four years left in his deal. Personally, I don't think Wolf's the sort of player that's going to kick up a fuss and say, "Oh, I'm going to hand in transfer press or or do this sort of stuff." The bit that concerns me slightly is the bit about his brother coming out and saying that because you would imagine that him being his brother, he it would have been run past him before it. What come- forum was that said though? I, it, it went to Sky Sports. This is the thing, right? Is it? Is it? So where? Where is that quote? I mean, I mean, people listening to this might say, "Oh, yeah, I've seen it X, Y, Z," but I haven't seen anything that, that, that quotes the brother saying this. So it was. It was, on, it was on Sky Sports. News. I remember being when I was on holiday. I remember so, I watching Sky Sports News and I saw it there in quotes up on the screen. But is so, that a Sky Sports thing? That, you don't know. I mean, as, as we've seen over the last few dog. days, I mean, Sky, Sky sources, I mean, pretty much that, mean absolutely nothing. Well, that's kind of where I'm going with it, you know. So, what's the what's the formal position on it from the player? You know, what does he want to do? Uh, and then we go from there. Uh, like I said, I'm surprised if, if he did want out, I would have thought Palace would be dealing with that now, knowing how um, observing how Steve Parrish seems to do business over the last few years. So, you, you just hope that's not the case. But having said that, and having said all of that. 
he's not going to stay a Crystal Palace player forever. Oh no. So you know, okay, he's a local boy and you know, Mr. Crystal Palace in that sense. Maybe he did support another team growing up. You know, whatever. But he's not going to stay there forever, whatever it may be. No. You know, I, 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 you, everyone to this have, has a career and have aspirations or not. But everyone wants progression, do things bigger, better, differently, so and so forth. You know, he, of course he wants to play at the top level. He's a top player. Like he's 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 a fantastic player, and he's a he's a type of player that Crystal Palace can't hang on to forever. Mm. It's not going to happen. Mm. So you know, he's going to go at some point. So I think for Palace, it's just making sure it happens at a time in which they can control and manage the yes. exit. And maybe that's what Steve Parrish is doing. But I think either way, it'll be good to get some answers to it. So if he doesn't leave. For them either to give him a new contract or for him to come out and say something, mm. or if he does leave, then we hear about it in the right way rather than all these behind the doors bids and sky yeah. sources saying whatever. Yeah, my, my view always was, and I, I said before the, before the summer window, that I think that we're getting one more season out as a heart. I think he's reached that point now where it's, it's inevitable he's going to move on. He's, he's, he's clearly better than Crystal Palace and I don't mean in respect to Crystal Palace disrespect to Crystal Palace for that but he is clearly a better player yeah, but he, should play, he should play at the top, the top yeah. level shouldn't he? he should play in Champions League I've things. always felt that he we'll get one more season out of him so we go next summer or if he has an absolutely barnstorming start to, to, to the season I think he'd go in January because as we know in January silly money gets pushed around and that's the sort of time where you're likely to get an 80, 70, 80 million pound bid for, for sort of that sort of player where people are sort of scoffing at that now um, yeah. I think that's where you're more likely to get that sort of bid if I'm honest so um, I think if you're ever going to get that sort of money I think it will be in January if I'm honest um, and if that's the case you know good luck to him you know I wouldn't have any problems with him leaving Palace as long as it's not done in a last minute calm fashion yeah. um, and it's done in a way in which Palace can like you said manage it and bring someone in um, appropriate to, to replace him. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. I mean, is there anything else on, on sort of Palace transfer? What, what, what has there been sort of banded around? There's been sort of, um, so we mentioned the earlier Watkins thing, there's been this ongoing mumblings around and in St. Maxime, who's, who's the, I think it's the Lille uh, winger, and I think that anyone would sort of see him as a replacement for Zahar if Zahar were to go. Um, I mean, we are, at the time of recording, a week away from the end of the transfer window, so I think that's even more sort of strength to argument that I don't think Palace will let Wolf go with, with a week to go and not be able to replace him you know, I think that's that's sort of crazy isn't it well like we said though, we said before Palace do their business last minute but not in terms of selling players no, buying players no, yeah yeah but, yeah but you might get some leaving last minute and then with the other ones coming in to replace last minute sorry just this, these are this away contingent they are on the fourth or fifth stand is it shots is it shot. they're doing this like it's, it's shots, like, isn't it? it's like the Shakhtar fans are getting glasses, I think the are getting absolutely absolutely yeah, wasted it. This lot this lot this lot's gonna make it to the game later on at this rate, we have to roll down the hill. It's, <laughs> it's very impressive, goodness me. Well, like, good good job we've got a couple of bikes where we've got to load them up on the back and uh, yeah, yeah they, they seem to be. Maybe I don't. Know, maybe these these uh, ex I've got visions of us giving these guys crossbars to the game last oh, not on our bike. Know. Someone on the back on the trick nuts. Well, so. definitely, definitely not on your bike, man. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, it, it, it will be. Yeah, I, 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 I would be surprised if Palace sign no one mm. uh, because, like we just said, they they tend to do stuff last minute. Um, but then, you know, the way it's been the last few years, we haven't signed masses mm. of, of players. We tend to just replace what we've done. So. Mm. If no one else goes, that goes out. Question: What we might do? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, and I, I think that people need to calibrate 
to an extent in, in their sort of everyone wants things to be done you know now and Palace fans are always, especially on social media and I appreciate that's a certain type of fan that, that, that sort of shouts at social media on shouts on social media and tweets Steve Parrish you know sign a player and that sort of stuff like I don't know what they're hoping to achieve from that but I wish you'd stop doing that I, yeah I need, to, I need to stop doing that uh, um, Steve I'm really sorry but um, I think that uh, Steve obviously, who's, who's obviously listening to this um, I, I think people, people need to understand that Palace have always done their business in a certain way and always will do and that's, that's just the way the clubs run I think that I mean, let's just go away from Palace and talk about other transfer rumours and, and things that have been done. I mean, we mentioned earlier, I think we saw Tom Heaton going to Villa, you know, yeah. £8 million deal from Burnley. I mean, that personally, I think he's a very good player. We first saw him, I think, in 2011, uh, the League Cup semi final. Do you remember that? Cardiff, Cardiff away. Yeah, yeah. And he was brilliant for them, yeah. saved a couple of penalties, didn't he? Sean Scannell, Jonathan Parr, and oh, someone else's penalty um, he saved. Uh, Miller Yenak, I think, was one of the few few players to score in the. In, Jermaine Easter? Uh, Easter, might have saved. Yeah, he did save Easter's as well, yeah. yeah. Um, did someone get sent off really early in that game? Delaney or something? No, Paddy McCarthy got Paddy sent McCarthy, off um, just at the end of normal time, I think, and we limped through extra time for that. Delaney was the season after that, wasn't he? Damo came in the season afterwards, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I've got to remember that, yeah. That was, that, that was an awful away journey, wasn't it? I mean, because we've absolutely hammered that, that sort of, that whole. And it, it was full of Cardiff fans who were really up for it, and we just felt that we were just there clinging on. Amazing, we made it to penalties. Isn't but it mad how the tides change? Sorry, going off. off uh, yeah, we are going to yeah. tangent, but yeah, but it's, 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 it's amazing. It's amazing how the tides change because I remember going to that game then, feeling a little bit envious of Cardiff because you know their fans are behind. Nice them. stadium. Yeah, nice stadium. <laughs> they, 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 they were, they were so dominant that night. Like, it, was it was unbelievable. They absolutely it? peppered us, didn't they? Yeah. I remember Kenny Miller being absolutely on. on, on on form that game Kenny Miller was Ke- Kenny Miller Kenny, Kenny Miller up front yeah. oh yeah and the, the, the free kick take of work Wer- Wetherington 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 yeah I just, I, just, I just remember they were they were yeah all over us and yeah. I just remember being quite envious of how they had the momentum behind them and they were looking really good but you know, t- tides, tides can turn very quickly in football yeah. can't they um, well, you I, very I quickly. Deal- that was 2011 I mean we are 8 years ago now but yeah, yeah. Now. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I mean, Bur- so Burnley was stockpiling goalkeepers, weren't they? They probably had about three or four England goalkeepers well, at that one point. They had um, Pope, Pope. he was a very good Joe player. Hart. Joe Hart um, and Eaton. Tom Heaton as well. one more as well, I think they had as well. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, for Villa, that's a really good deal. I mean, Villa, what, they're spending ridiculous money, aren't they? Some of them are questionable. I mean, how much they pay for Tyrone Mings? What was it? Like 23 million or something, was it? Like, yeah. Crazy numbers, and but, I mean, if that's, if that's what Palace that's the thing, that's a scary thing. If that's what Palace are in competition for, for someone to come in and play right or left back, then well. But I guess, I guess the, 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 thing with, the thing with Villa is that clubs that um, are on the receiving ends of bids from um, from Aston Villa know that they've yeah. just got 120 million pounds in the bank, so therefore they know, you know, like Fulham last season, that they can command a certain fee, um, and that they've got this. Now disposable income, so some you used to, you used to factor that in, but yeah, some of the best have businesses, a lot of money. but some of the best businesses is, is the ones like Tom Heath of eight million, Jaggy Elka to Sheffield United. That's such a good deal for them, yeah. and for him obviously back to his club. And you got, you got a feeling that that, that that factor there, the fact that he's going back to his club, that's going to have a real sort of boost for, for everyone around the club, but also for him, for the manager. I mean, Chris Wilder, just a, just as obviously what a fantastic job he's done. Obviously, works his way up through the leagues and and done really well and. and Congratulations to him for his, his boyhood club as well. He's, 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 um, his own club. He's done really well there. Um, 
have, have Norwich been? I haven't seen much from Norwich. Am I always being a bit blind? So I know, I know. Is it Aaron's the right back? They secured him down with a five-year deal because Palace were linked with him. I mean, it was one of the many names after Aaron Wan-Bissaka that that the Norwich, Norwich were linked to. But um, I must admit, mate, transfer windows it all happens a bit of a whirlwind. So I struggle to keep up. I mean, you obviously also always hear the things about the big moves, don't you? Around this is Lukaku saga, which is going on. And personally, I think he's been unfairly treated. Um, you know, I think there was a stat which came out on Sky Sports every day. It said that since, since 2014 or 2016, he's only third. Uh, he's only third in the highest scorers, um, uh, just behind Harry Kane. You know, in the Premier League, um, and yet people are saying that he's really flopped at Man United. Um, you know, so so it's interesting to, to, to look at to look at those sort of deals and, and the ones obviously which which go under the radar a little bit like the Jagielka one like you say that, that didn't get obviously a lot of press um, perhaps because he hasn't really been performing for Ed, Everton the last sort of year, year or so um, so they, they, they don't they, they don't have a good business similar they Everton they got that bloke from Barcelona Gomez I think mm. and then they've got Fabian Delph I mean that's a really good sign wasn't he like 9 million or, like that, or 12 uh, was he I yeah I'm not too sure that, the that was really I mean given given today's market that was that was relatively cheap yeah um, you know uh, there's other people like Liverpool who haven't really done much but you know mm. you'd argue they don't really need to and they've mm. got rid of some of the sort of bench bench warmers um, obviously Man United have bought big on defenders obviously AWB being one of them um, and there's people like Newcastle who haven't really done a lot as well. So it's, it's interesting because, I mean, look at the promoted clubs. So Villa have spent, what, I don't know, 100 million plus, whatever they spent. Mm. Sheffield United have spent, I don't know, probably 10 million, something like that. You know, it's, 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 you just wonder what the strategy is. Are, are, are Villa going for a Fulham model where mm. sort of just go for it and blow the money to, to try and stay up versus Norwich, uh, so Sheffield United are recognising that, you know, they may only last one season, therefore they're not going to blow their way, structure everything to, to do it. They're trying to do it in a sustainable manner. Um, same for Sheffield United, maybe. I don't know, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, I, one, one that I did see uh, that I thought was interesting was um, Sheffield United signing Ravel Morrison. Yes. Yeah, and obviously a player which which is obviously he's been um, in the headlines for a lot of the wrong reasons as well, and, and was, was sort of I think tips as being a very sort of high potential player, and never really um, realised that potential for through sort of many reasons. But I just want to touch on one point there you made around Villa buying a lot of players and doing this almost Fulham model where they sort of almost bought another uh, 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 another team, didn't they, and then bought it in. I think that we've learned from first-hand experience that. If you get promoted with a certain team, obviously you need to upgrade in quality and squad depth and things like that. But you need to keep that sort of that, that spine, so you've got that ethos and that that sort of you know. When you look at Palace, you had um, a lot of players come in, but then you soon realised that you needed to have keep Spironi, Delaney, Jednak, um, you know people like that to, to, to sort of keep that spine the same. But not just the spine, but it's almost like the. The attitude, or or, or the, yeah, the, the, the you mean, like the ethos behind, yeah, yeah, team, yeah, because because it's almost like otherwise, when teams get promoted, players are going to think, oh, hang on, we've got, it's great that we got promoted, but I'm not going to play next season. You know, I'm, I need to go somewhere else. Rather than thinking like the, the old days was that you know I got promoted, brilliant, I got a chance to play in the Premier League. Now it's almost like not given now that even if you get a team promoted, that you get that chance to play in the Premier League because you're probably going to get replaced. But that's what you look at. You look at like a Villa. That's why they're really good, and they'll be really interested to watch this year. They've released so many players mm. who you would start say will be steady players to have. Maybe not first choice, but backups. Jidanak's a good example. Yep. Sort of Glenn Whelan had gone. Yeah. Now they've got rid of quite a few people who could no doubt do a job for them. And well, that that steady core of what team the team that got the mark, mm. 
Um, uh, and it'll be interesting to see if stripping the club and you know we're not in the dressing room but people do talk a lot about the dressing room at mm. football clubs and how important that is you know the minute you you kill off the, the sort of the root of that if they are those players it'll be interesting to see what happens yeah definitely alright well I've, I fancy another beer so should we have, have a quick break there and we'll, we'll come back and we've got plenty of other things to talk about and um, obviously we'll be back later as well with, with some updates on, on the game maybe we do a half time well, maybe do a full-time one, but there's certainly other bits and pieces that we want to want to speak about in in football. Um, maybe we can find some willing uh, participants in this uh, in this Esper pub. I think I think more important than willing is that they need to be sober um, yeah, and able to. Go soon. Yeah, and, and able to speak because I'm conscious the pub's been open for 20, 20 minutes, and, and by the look of the guys behind us, then that doesn't actually make any difference in terms of how smashed they're going to be. So um, we'll leave it there for now and uh, be back later. I think. Hello and welcome back to the Six Point Podcast and we're here live from, well not live because this is a podcast, but here from the, uh, where are we bruv? Home run, home run bar in this year. This is a very uh, interesting experience. I'm sitting on a stall uh, with a tree trunk in front of me that has a hammer um, attached to it. So a normal pub. And you've had a couple of beers anyway, so you haven't had the time. Right, it's very strong. We had some very, very strong dark beer. Um, I couldn't even start to pronounce it. I think it's a cross between Belgian. It, it's basically like a monastery beer, I think. Monastery I'd ale. Describe it as Danish. Would you? Good. Okay. Well, um, it's, it's strong anyway. Anyway, that's for sure. So um, yeah, we're here in the, in the home run bar, and uh, it's full of SBA fans. Everyone's wearing the same T-shirt, the European Tour T-shirt. Um, it looks like this press here or I don't know all sorts of people taking pictures there's, there's professional photographers here there's, there's videos um, there's people singing people just getting absolutely smashed and having a good time to be fair it's a really nice atmosphere isn't it it's people just having fun uh, we've had a few songs as well yep definitely had a few songs mate I, I can't I actually can't find a level bit for my uh, my beer right now because there's lots of nails everywhere but again normal pub yeah just, just a normal pub mate if you, if you fancy coming to a pub and um Sitting in front of a, a tree, something with a hammer on it. And, and, or just having a guy with a hammer, swinging a hammer around, then, then why not come to the home run in Esbjerg and, and uh, have a couple of beers, get wasted and, and swing a hammer around. Um, but no, it's a good atmosphere, everyone's building up for the game. I think, I've been speaking to a few people, I'm getting the sort of impression that they're not too bothered about the result. It just seems like uh, everyone's here to have a good time. I think they reckon they're 2-0 down, so it's a bit of an uphill task from now on, isn't it? Um, but yeah, they, they, like you say, making the most of the experience, and the beer is fine, so it's good. Yeah, so I think uh, from here, we'll get back on our bikes and uh, go to the EFB cafe and, and meet Yeah, and We've already met some fans from uh, Dortmund who have made a trip here, a 10-hour train journey, I think they said. Quite yes. literally going to get our bikes. <laughs> so, yeah, so quite literally get our bikes after this. But uh, no, impressive um, dedication from, from fans that have come all the way from Dortmund. That's an interesting fact, uh, point, though, isn't it? The fact that people do seem to support this club and attach them to have all travelled quite a long way. You know, we've come away from, uh, from London. And that guy that we met and his son have come away from, um, from Dortmund. Yep. Um, and, you know, the chap was saying he works for Dortmund. He's got an attachment there. I don't know what the attachment is with, with this club. Here we go. All right. I think that's probably a good place to... Uh, 
But uh, it's probably a good place to call it, call it an end there and, uh, we'll come back to you uh, probably about half time, have a little half time discussion and then at full time as well. Uh, we've got plenty of uh, football matters to discuss if we get the chance as well. Um, but to be fair, it really depends on how strong the beer is, I think, at the FPCAF. So um, we'll speak to you uh, at some point when Rafi is sober. So take care. Solagors 2. Um, Matthew, I think it's pretty fair to say that Esberg have been pretty dominant without any creating anything really. Yeah, they need to put the ball in the box. Ball in the box is what they need to do. They, they, they've had enough, enough possession to, uh, to dictate the game. They, they, they've made enough of it in the what, two thirds of the, the pitch, which is in the yeah. final third now. And uh, I think it's difficult in the box. Kind of, it's kind of do or die at the minute. So, yeah. Stop, stop fanning around. You've cut the ball in the box. So there's big enough men to go for the balls. I think it's frustrating. I think that one of, one of the comments that we had from the first leg was that it was almost men versus boys because of the age difference in the squad. Obviously, SBO quite a young, a young squad. And Shakhtar's had, of course, looked like, like an older squad. But um, to be fair, on this first half, I think it's fair to say that Esberg are dominating and it's just, it's just that finishing touch of that, that final third which, which, which they're missing. It's, it's frustrating for the Esberg fans that they're sitting around that are crying out for that finishing touch, crying out for that almost box in a box that needs to finish that. And so Andre Petra has, has, has obviously not been final centers so far this, this season. So the, the, the problem I have though is that they're not putting the ball in the box for he needs to have the opportunities. How many, how many shots on target have there been? I, I can't think of what. Uh, yeah. One, two, maybe one, maybe one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They need to. They need to give their special. If they if they put a striker in to do a job, they need to give him a chance to do his job. But at the minute, there's too much looking around, thinking about putting the box. The cheerleaders have done more in the last two minutes. The box. We've certainly enjoyed that. We certainly enjoyed the beer and the hot dogs as well. So thank you very much, Kenny. But we got Kenny. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, think, I think it's yeah, very frustrating in a sense for SBA at the moment. And um, really, I mean, this second half should be really interesting in the sense that Esberg have to throw everything at it now because they're 2 they're down Agra they have to score two goals at least to take the extra time three goals to win it so they've got to throw everything at it so to be honest the second half should be more entertaining let's be honest we, we talked about an early goal in this game they need a goal at the start of the first half and there's no two ways about it I know Kenny was saying earlier we spoke to about a goal ten minutes to go they, 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 they look like a play for all nine minutes score a goal. They need to find a way to get in the box, to make the most of, of the height they've got and, and do something with it. Because at the minute, it, it, that's they can play all night and not score. Just, just on balance though, I think we should say that while Sisberg have looked toothless, I, I think that Shatjo uh, sort of also looked pretty shocking to be fair. I mean, but they haven't looked like a, a team that should be competing at its level, let's be honest. They look like a team that's come here to sit, to do a job, and 
I mean, to be fair, they're not doing a very good job at that, even defending. I think they look pretty poor. And it, I think maybe they might have been buoyed up at home last week um, to get that performance out of them. But they look a pretty poor team, and almost a team that Esberg should be beating, let's be honest. It feels like last week was a freak result based on what we've seen tonight. Very much so. Unless it's a different team that played last week, then I don't see what the... Uh, well, what got two goals to nil is, um, yeah, they're, they're pretty shocking. Into when it's pretty shocking so far. It's going to get the back of fine. They're, you know, they're, they're not in trouble at all. They're, they're sort of bit trying to build from back. I think it's, trying to, it's safe to say they're trying to build from back, so they're playing out quite nicely. But it's just that final third which is missing. And Shakta don't really seem to have that, that answer, I should say. So they're sort of, when they can, booting it long to try and get rid of the pressure. But not doing anything with it, it seems to be scooped up by the full backs or back to the keeper, and then it's Esberg on the attack again. So I think Esberg will probably take heart from that in the second half and try to try to move on and try to push on from that. But I mean, it's, it's difficult. Obviously, you're two goals down. You want at least two goals to come forward. It, it, it's it's going to be a very difficult second half, Esberg. Let's be honest. I, I do have a push on from here because it's, it's, it's there for the taking, isn't it? Shakhtar have got nothing, absolutely nothing going forward. It's like they're here to make up the numbers in some way. Yeah, it feels that way, it feels that way. And it's not as if they're playing defensively, they, they just, they're just here. There's 11 blokes out there, they're here for the game. Filling the space, almost. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really do hope that second half will come out and give it a go. I really do hope for the club, for the, all, the, all the lads we met today, because there's so much passion here, so much, so much there want is. to do well. And, and, you know, just, just show up the pitch, please. Please, let's do it second half, please. I mean, just on that point, just, just, just to say, a, a, a big shout-out to SBO fans here. We're sitting at the back of the section, the signal section here, and they have been fantastic. They've been non-stop. I mean, there's probably about 500 fans, 800 fans below us who are just absolutely singing their hearts out, giving everything, and fair play to them. You know what I mean? They're 2-0 down against a team from Belarus in the... Uh, Second half, second leg of, of the Europa, chat, Europa, um, Europa League, and uh, they turn out in numbers, and they really are doing their job. So it's time for the boys on the pitch to step up now. Um, hopefully, they can take the lead from the fans. But obviously, you know we both know that's it's not as simple as it sounds. But um, fingers crossed, we'll come back to you at full time with um, a few more beers in our stomach. Um, and uh, some positive news to tell you. It can only get better. It can, it can. Well, hopefully we're here from Jan Maslinva, who's a local journalist as well. She's loving it, she's having a good time. Um, who's, um, who obviously is very knowledgeable at the club and, and, and obviously someone who's been in the podcast before. Hopefully he'll be able to give us a bit of insight into what's happened and why it's happened and hopefully a positive result. So, come in Esberg, let's give us a good second half. Speak to you Welcome back to the Six Point Podcast, and we're here uh, with Yamas Lindhart, um, obviously local journalist who's just uh, seen the game, and obviously Esberg finished 0 and 2 0 aggregate. Jan, your initial reaction to the uh, to the game that we've just seen? My my, my stomach feeling is uh, that I'm so if disappointing. You can swear it's okay. Yeah. We, we can, you can swear it's okay. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to do it you in can England. Swear. Is it okay? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I, I really, I really am. Uh, so, oh, this wasn't a team that SBS should have uh, went out to. And uh, there were two games against uh, Turin from uh, Italy waiting for us. It could be, a, a, it could have been a party on the uh, Blue Water Arena, but it, it's not going to happen now. And uh, I blame it all on uh, John Lemmer's uh, decisions in the first match, where he didn't play uh, Rudolf Austin, who formerly played for, for Leeds. Uh, He's a he's a he's a brick in our defense, and uh, yeah, he, he was missed in the first match. Uh, I, I, I simply can't uh, understand it. Yeah, I think you got to say that SBA were, were the, sort of dominant in this game, weren't they? And, and Shakhtar sort of came to sit and soak up the pressure, didn't they? And it was almost down to Tiesper to break them down, and obviously they hit they hit the bar a couple of times, hit the post, and it was just it was almost felt like it wasn't going to be their day, didn't it? Yeah, it almost felt that from the yeah from from the start of the game because um, yeah it, 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 we, had, we had we had to wait until the second half until we got those big uh, chances opportunities to to get a goal but when we got them uh, I felt we we could score one goal but there wasn't time enough for two but yeah I I, I just I just thought that. Uh, that the first leg was too important, that the, the, the two-goal uh, lead to Soligos was uh, too big. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it felt like it was too much of a deficit to make up, didn't it? Two goals, felt like two golf, too much of a goal to make up tonight. I felt second half, they didn't put the ball in the box, and there was a lack of that. Second half, they did that. I don't know if that was something that came out of the half-time tool, but second half, they seemed to put the ball in the box a bit more. Number nine, sorry, don't know names, Pe- but number Pe- nine. Petra, Petra. Uh, Adrian, Adrian Peter, Adrian Peter. And number 23. Yeah, Yuri Yakovenko. Yeah, yeah that, that they seem to be, when, when they got the ball in the box, they seem to be surprised that the ball was at their feet or their head. And that seemed to be the kind of, uh, put it in the put it in the goal, back in the net, but they seem to be not used to having the ball in those positions. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised about how Petra came back, because uh, let me just say that, He's just been at the with the Romania under 21 team to the European Championships, and they they went to the semi-finals. And Petra managed to score one goal for the Romanian team, and um, they were they were the big success history at the at the tournament. So I, I had some expectations to Petra when he came back. I don't know if he's tired. I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know what happened, but he's surely not uh, fit for the game at the moment. It almost feels like. Do you think that maybe the pressure of sort of because there was a lot of transfer rumours around him, weren't they? Around sort of certain clubs in Turkey, sort of interesting. Yeah, in Buc- Bucharest as well, uh, Romania. Yeah. Uh, do, Romania. Do you think maybe that might have had a bit of an effect around sort of why why maybe underperforming in in, in oh, sorry, I'm doing air quotes. It's not good for a podcast, but underperforming air quotes sort of thing at, at the moment because there's been certain certain situations in the last three games to where he, you thought that he could have taken chances that he hasn't. Do you think that may be, may, may be a bit of an issue or do you think it's just the fact that he's just not playing very well? I, I think there's been a bigger spotlight on, on him than usually because uh, I follow uh, his name on Twitter and uh, I also see the same stories as you do that uh, uh, the president for a Romanian football club uh, 
has mentioned has mentioned his name several times and um, and a price tag of one million dollar uh, sorry one million euro has been uh, set on him and uh, I, I think Esper bought him for half a million euro so uh, yeah but I surely don't hope that that would have been a problem for him because yeah then he's not fit to a career as a professional footballer and he should be two uh, two you you are you're with, you're with us here today do you have a comment for that yeah I think uh, the problem for Petro we have also talked in our own podcast uh, in our paper that uh, he's the second choice of Esbjerg right now and uh, Jakovenko have uh, overtaken the, 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 the first uh, the first place in that and Esbjerg is playing with only one uh, one striker and, uh, and that's a problem because uh, Petro is not playing from the start normally today he was but uh, at Sabre when we play again against uh, he will be at the bench again and uh, I'm sure of that uh, so Jakovenko is the first choice and uh, we have a, a Dutch Dutch trainer who only played with, with one striker and um, so he have uh, maybe one quarter, one quarter every game to show himself and uh, and now today he got the, he got the opportunity to, to show himself up and uh, uh, he didn't succeed uh, so so very much but uh, I think uh, he, he needs some confidence and uh, he needs some uh, some minutes in his legs uh, to show that uh, because he's a guy who's uh, living a of, uh, of goals and yeah. they don't get them yeah. right now. He, he's, he's inspired I, I spoke to him earlier and uh, he's clearly inspired of uh, inspired by Slatan Ibrahimovic uh, he, he thinks of himself as a crazy guy like Slatan uh, and uh, um, I spoke to him after a game in Fredericia uh, where we played in the first division uh, before we went to Superliga again and uh, he scored a hat-trick um, he was actually, he was actually sick before the game and uh, he, he told me that he he hid he he, ho- he hid it from the from the coach and uh, his girlfriend made him some special tea to get him <laughs> to get him playing but it, and it and it worked out and he, he just told me that, yeah i think i'm smarter than the uh, than, than the defenses but he hasn't shown it since it's interesting isn't it because what we saw tonight I mean from an outside perspective I don't, I don't watch them every week but I assume that was the, the top 11 the first 11 uh, and you're saying that the guys are ridden out the team they're not getting run a chance to kind of perform and do their, their thing and that's, that's not easy for someone whose job is to perform and to score goals if you're not playing week in week out and if the formation's changing because of that because you've got a big man or maybe they put two at front as well sometimes is it is it because it was a big man at front and I was only on, it has only happened one once before tonight so it's a it's a new thing with the two guys uh, with the two strikers strike strikers up front but yeah you 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 can say if you look at the formation tonight that John Lammers he says yeah I want to go through in Europe but 
if he really run, wanted to go through, he would have played Jakovenko and he wouldn't have played Reukia and gave him, he gave him his debut on the Blue Water Arena tonight. Of course, that's not the place or the time to do that. I think, I think obviously it's difficult at this time to sort of, obviously we're fresh from the game, so it's difficult to take a step back, but given the situation in the Super League and John Lammers was very pragmatic I think at the end of last season and saying that you know we, we, we performed very well last season and, and next season we need to almost manage our expectations a little bit what are your expectations Jan for, for, for this season in terms of the Super League in terms of Esberg pushing on now they are out of Europe where do you expect Esberg to finish um, given the fact that there are there's almost like a bigger trap door in the Super League with, with three teams going down where, where do you see Esberg sort of needing to finish in, in, in this year? At the moment I see them struggling but um, it's hard to say it's really hard to say because the transfer window is all it's also clo- uh, open yet but um, I spoke to both uh, the sports director and uh, to uh, the chief uh, trainer John Lammers earlier and said to them that I really think Esper has a squad that's suited to play in the Superliga and but a squad who where there would be problems if they had to play in Europe so today we know they don't have to play in Europe anymore and at the moment I really I think I'm going back to thinking that there should be enough quality in this squad to stay and survive in the Superliga. And if they get some good results in the, in the, in, in the games coming nearby, I, I think they, they can also be a middle team. And if that's an eight or six, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that they have a big problem about staying in the Super League. We have four teams who definitely have to be lower than Esberg. Uh, and they are? They are Horsens, they are Hobro, they are Lyngby and they are Silkeberg. Esberg uh, is a much too good team to... Uh, to stay under them, these uh, four teams, and um, I think uh, the play is very good. Uh, they they play very good football, and, uh, good possessions, and everything. They need some goals, and they need to score some goals. And uh, I would like to see uh, maybe uh, already on Sunday that Janama's there to start with uh, both Petra and uh, Jakovenko in the front to to make make some new starts and uh, but, but yeah, to be so nice he, he tried that two matches in a row so what so why no, do you he think not started that way no no he hasn't started but what we've seen them play beside each other two after, matches in a row after 75 minutes yeah but why do you think they they haven't scored a goal yet why do you think that'll be di- different because, uh, striker who's coming in after 75 minutes have to get 10 minutes to uh, get in the game and uh, five minutes left and that's too short time yeah if, uh, it could uh, be a, it could be a good idea but the problem is if you do that as you say they don't have any other strikers on the bench because in in the whole in the entire squad there's only two strikers as Yuri and Peter so you'll disarm your bench if you do it like you say. If you're uh, leading uh, two or three notes, 
Well, after 75 minutes, you can take the one striker out and get him some. So I think we have to we have to put some new energy in the in the game and uh, and uh, in the squad and uh, tell the two strikers you are equal here. Look, look, look. Two and I, we, we don't uh, we don't agree on this. Well, but well, 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 but this is, I was going to say this is becoming a bit of manager in a podcast, isn't it? Here, <laughs> so in English, which is, Kenny, how are you doing? I love. I love the pa- hello Kelly. Kenny. Kenny saying hello. Well, I love the parallels with Crystal Palace here because last year we had basically zero zero options up front. Yeah. We had Crystal Benteke who was injured. We had Connor Wickham who was injured. Uh, we had youth team players who were not fit for the Premier League. Sir, Sir obviously didn't get a chance. Sir, didn't get a chance to well, yeah. loan. Yeah. So we had Jordan Ayew was on loan from Swansea. And he's a capable player, but he's not your front number nine top man. So you guys are talking about two options, and we're jealous of that. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. We are. We are. We didn't have a option, and two options. The interesting thing, Crystal Palace. I remember Conor Wickham from Sunderland when yeah. where he played alongst uh, Bentner yeah. from Denmark. And he was so, a winger. He was a left winger. Yeah, he, he was played left on the wing. Believe it or not, yeah. left winger. So Crystal Palace have got this weird dynamic this year where they've got as you said, a number of options because both those players, Bentner and Wickham, are back from injury. Very much so. Both had a pre-season. Plus, we've got just signed Jordan A in a permanent permanent deal and new team. As well, who, who apparently are ready to come through. So, well, I'd love to see if we're having this conversation in a few months' time about who should play. It's a nice, nice problem to have. Yeah, very much so. And I, I think that's a good place to leave the pod there, to be fair. And, and, and thank you very much, guys, for, for your time. And um, I'm going to go to the bar and get you all a beer now. Yeah. So, nice to, say, to say thank you very much for, for being on the podcast. You, thank you, and it's great to have you back in this bar, Luke. And I'll, I'll, I'll be back here. And also, you, Matthew. <laughs> thank you, yeah, Next time we're, we're with you in your podcast, we will uh, come to you in London. Yeah. Well, de- definitely, yeah. We're, we're more very, very nice. I'm more, more than happy to have you in London and obviously we're sorting out of tickets but um, but yeah no obviously next time we're in, we're, we're in Denmark we're, we're, we'll give you guys a shout and we're definitely having the pockets together thank you very much for your time and thank you also for listening so um, I hope you all have a good weekend and take care The Six Pointer Podcast <laughs>